guys. Thanks for coming out today. This is so exciting. Um, I am just going to double up and introduce you all over again. Uh, this is Alyssa Sussman, and she is uh, my partner on First Draft Live, which is a young adult podcast series. Um, and uh, luckier still, I am friends with Alyssa personally. So I'm super excited to help get together with all of you and celebrate Burn, um, the sequel to Stray, which is out this week. So exciting. Um, so we are going to jump right into it. And I have a few questions that I've already prepared that Alyssa knows about ahead of time, so she's going to have great answers for. And uh, then we'll open it up and get a couple questions from you guys, and we'll do a reading, and it'll be great, and then we can just all have snacks and buy the book. Um, okay, so remind us, first of all, of where we left off in Stray, and what uh, what's going down at the beginning of Burn. Where we, what are we in for? Okay, so they are companion books, so they follow different characters in the same world. Um, the character the character that's the protagonist in Burn is Eleanor, who shows up at the end of Stray. Um, Ashlyn meets her in the forest, um, and she's one of the orphans, one of this uh, part of this rebel uh, army that is fighting against Queen Josetta, who is not a very nice person. Um, and there have been rumors that she's kidnapping royal women and just a lot of bad stuff. Um, and so by the end of Stray, not to give anything away, but um, Ashlyn has um, decided that she's not going back to her royal life, and she is going to go join Eleanor and the other rebels um, in their sort of hidden fortress, I guess is what I would call Ooh. it, in the, in the forest. So I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you obviously love fairy tales and myth and all these things. So when you're kind of drawing from those influences in your books, what were you hoping to pay homage to and what were you hoping to kind of subvert and play with? Um, well, I think the great things that, thing about fairy tales... Oh. Can you guys hear me? There we go. Okay. <laughs> Could you not hear anything else I said before? Okay. It was very smart. It was really smart. Um, so, well, the thing I like about fairy... There's this great um, saying, uh, the fairy tale has no landlord, which I really like. Um, so it's this, you know, the idea that really any version you tell of a story of a fairy tale is an adaptation because we don't really know what the original versions of any fairy tale is um, so I like pulling from sort of the older stuff that we don't really remember anymore because we're so used to sort of the Disney, Disney. the Disney style of uh, fairy tales so it's kind of subverting in bringing back the darker elements mm-hmm. um, like for like this book I it's a very, very loose adaptation of Snow White with a lot of Sleeping Beauty uh, sprinkled in there. Um, and so one of the cool things about the original Snow White is that um, in the movie, in the Disney movie, the witch only goes to her once and takes the apple. But in the sort of older versions, she tries three times. And so there's all these sort of different tricks. And so I kind of wanted to incorporate that um, into the world. And one of the cool things that I think about fairy tales is that they adapt with the times, Mm -hmm. so they're a really good reflection of sort of like what people are thinking about and what they're um, examining as far as these archetypal characters. So a lot of people have been doing like new, you know, every few years there are like all these great adaptations and changes, Um, and so there's been a lot of really cool like feminist-infused fairy tales, and so I really want to sort of like throw my name into the hat and just be like, how can I 
you know, sort of play with this world, but in a feminist way. Yeah. So. Um, um, and as mentioned, uh, Alyssa went to Sarah Lawrence and is a super, super smarty pants. And we have this conversation for an hour on the podcast that's going to come out on Tuesday. So if you want to hear more about Alyssa being really, really smart about fairy tales and other things, um, you should definitely listen on Tuesday for that. Um, but also I want to talk about practical things, including what was the most fun you had writing in this book, and then also what made you want to pull your teeth out. Um, well, I think the most, the most fun, there's, there's one chapter where it's... Ashlyn and Eleanor and this other character Bridget from the first book and they are kind of just the book is is pretty heavy you know there's a lot of like really dark scary things happening you know these characters are sort of running for their lives a lot of time and it's sort of this one moment where they just get to be sort of teen girls and they're just hanging out they're drinking a little bit they're doing each other's hair and makeup and like it's just kind of this moment where they're talking about like the people they have crushes on and it sort of was really fun because like my, like those moments when I was a teenager were really important to me and having like really strong feelings female friendships. Um, and then the stuff that was just really hard was when I, f- the very first version of this book was a dual POV. And that has how I, I had always imagined that it was going to be two characters. Dual points of view. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was going to be um, Eleanor and another character. And I, and I wrote that. And then my editor was like, how about just one character tells the story? Oh my gosh. So it's like totally, you know, having to figure out how to tell a story that you were expecting to tell from two different perspectives and so this character the whole the whole like plot changed like the, the yeah. way the plot unraveled or uh, like revealed itself totally changed yeah I was going to say for anyone who's not a writer um, that basically is your editor saying can you write this all over again right exactly in an entirely different way yes <laughs> and make it better <laughs> that sounds great um, well thank you we, um, so we do want to open it up to um, anyone else that has a question for Alyssa about the book about what she's been doing when she's not hanging out with us for the last couple of years <laughs> and we can what inspires you to write this type of book um, yeah, oh, what inspires me to write this kind of book? Um, well, it's definitely my love of fairy tales. Um, I saw the musical Into the Woods at a very young, impressionable age. Um, and I think that really, I mean, if anyone who knows Into the Woods, it's such a mishmash of fairy tales. It's very dark. It's very um, creepy and weird. And there's a lot of influences in there. Um, and this this particular world, um, when I was in college, I was writing a paper on Disney characters, and because I'm a huge animation nerd, um, and I was watching Cinderella for like the millionth time, and f- sort of really took notice of the fairy godmother for the first time, and I was like, what is her story? You know, she's this person who shows up, she has this incredible power, and then she just disappears, you know? And so that was sort of the inkling of this world and this concept of magic being something that women could do, but it's not really that great, and it's okay if it's controlled, and just sort of like the gender dynamics of that. So that's sort of where it all came from. And what about this kind of story being a young adult story? What draws you to tell young adult stories? Um, I think that it's because when I, when I was a young adult, the love I had for books was so all-consuming. Like, now as an adult, I still love books, but I'm more critical of them, and I'm looking at them as from a writer's perspective. But, like, when I was a, when I was a teenager, I just, like, Dealing with Dragons is, like, m- the book of my soul. Like, I just, like, love that book. And, like, like you, could, you could be like, well, there's this problem. And I would be like, you shut your mouth. Like, it is a perfect <laughs> book. Because I read it at, like, the right age, yeah. and it's 
Like it, it just inca- like it, it is me as a sixteen year old like reader, and so that audience is so exciting to write for because they just love books so much and they love everything that they love yeah exactly so much and it's just so inspiring and i love that that's awesome any other questions amy Uh, were there any challenges writing a companion book that wasn't like an actual sequel um i think it, it was it was really fun actually um to be able to explore this world from a totally different perspective and to see the same characters from a new perspective as well because you know we get to know Ashlyn really well and so we have sort of sympathy for her and and we understand what's going on in her head but to Eleanor she's kind of a spoiled princess so it's really interesting to see how she evolves and changes and how the other characters interact with each other from this new character's perspective so that and that's sort of always been the idea with this world um, and with this series to really take so each story is somewhat self-contained and then there's a larger story and being able to explore it through different characters so you get a different perspective so you don't expect you know sometimes it feels like how does that one character is is present for all these important things and it's like you know this this sort of is like okay they don't all have to be in the same place you know they can It'd be interacting in different ways. More believable in a total <laughs> fantasy world. Yeah, in a total fantasy world, you know. Because you know, we're going for believability. Exactly. Yes. Did you know everything about the world in Stray, or did Burn, did parts of the world surprise you? Did you discover new things about the world when oh, you were writing Burn? Yeah, definitely. There's there's actually like a, a moment ver- that I won't give away, but it's because very close to the end that that, to- that changed so much of like what's going to happen in the future that came to me incredibly late in the process. I mean, it was like it was like me emailing my editor, being like, "I just need to add this one thing, you know, please, please, please." And and you know, it was it was something that I think will really guide it in a really interesting way. Ooh, so exciting! Yes. Um, any other questions? One more question, or we can get right to reading. Yeah. If you're writing your books, do you interact with any young adults or uh, on your young adult uh, path or? Um, I mean, I, I get... Do I interact with any young adults? How old's your dog? <laughs> Basil cannot read, unfortunately. Um, I... I don't, um, well, I actually... I, I was a big... Uh, I wrote in my journal a lot. So I really go back to my journal at 16, and I'm like, oh, the angst. And I just, like, can really... like it, It's so still like raw to me you know when I when I look at those pages and I'm like ah so hard I'm gonna go listen to Rent in my room alone so it's like it's sort of easy to draw like I use myself my 16 year old self is my is my guide really I'm like what would she like Ooh, that's a good one so um so it's like we're gonna have a couple page reading it's not gonna be too long and then we're gonna unleash you guys on all the snacks and all that good stuff but we definitely want to hear a little bit from Burton so go ahead so um just a little of setup because I'm gonna read from sort of a few pages in. Um, This is a flashback scene. So Eleanor is remembering um, sort of one of the first times that she interacts with Josetta, who in the first book is sort of this mysterious, dangerous figure who we really get to meet um, in this book. And so this is, she is um, in her sort of study uh, with Josetta and one of her guests, this man named Cyril. There was another knock, and several servants entered with silver trays heavy with food. A table at one end of the room was set, and once the servants departed, Cyril ushered Josetta to her chair before taking a seat of his own. He placed his napkin across his lap and waited. 
For a minute, for a moment, no one moved, and Eleanor was afraid that someone had cast a spell, freezing them in place. She wiggled her pinky figure to make sure she hadn't been affected. Then Josetta turned to her to look at her expectantly. Well, go on, she said, gesturing to her plate. Try it. Eleanor felt her skin prickle at the intensity of the queen's gaze. She bowed her head, trying to avoid her sharp green eyes. I couldn't, your majesty. Don't be pumpkin-headed, Josetta said impatiently, shoving the plate in Eleanor's direction. It's what you're here for. Try the food. The plate was piled high with red meat and potatoes and onions and greens. With her hand shaking, Eleanor took a tiny fork full of the main course. It smelled amazing and tasted wonderful. The liver of a boar, perfectly salted. She quickly set the fork down and stepped back from the table. Ah, 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 Josetta said. You need to try everything, my pet, including the dessert. So Eleanor tried it all, the caramelized onions that nearly melted in her mouth, the gravy-dipped potatoes, and the crisp, bright greens. And the dessert, a lemon tart with a crust that burst into buttery crumbs on her tongue, and a bittersweet lemon custard that slid down her throat and made her cough. She could feel Josetta's eyes on her with each bite she took. Finally, she bowed and stepped back from the table, but Josetta stopped her again. Now Cyril's plate, she said. His food tasted just as good, but this time the tartness of the lemon burned her tongue. She didn't like it, and she certainly didn't like the way that the queen and Cyril were looking at her as if they were expecting something to happen. After a few moments, Cyril picked up his fork. She's still alive, he said. Let's eat. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) All right, thank you. Okay, thank you guys so much. This is also going to be up on Skylight Books' podcast. Um, and then, like I said, on Tuesday, you can listen to Alyssa V. Super Smart on the First Draft Live podcast, which we, we, you will promote on your Twitter. Yes. So follow us on Twitter. Um, and thank you, everyone, for coming. Let's celebrate Alyssa one more time. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.